Welcome back to another case study episode where we review one of our athletes' performances or improvements and break down exactly what we did with them to get that result. Before we get into the episode, we want to remind you of our athletes' unwritten rule. For us, as you know, we do this podcast for free. We give you all our best information and tips to help you train smarter and race faster. And the only thing we ask you to do in return is if you listen to an episode that you enjoy or find really helpful, you can really help us by making sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it and share it on your socials. Go to your Instagram or your Facebook and share a photo of the episode. It's something we'd really appreciate, athlete to athlete. So today's case study, Harrison, 24-year-old from a smaller town out in the country here in Victoria, Australia. A very great story here. He runs a family business, works long hours, and this is just a great case study of someone being able to improve in all three disciplines uh, with a super consistent training program for the year. And it's a, it's a pretty straightforward case study. So, Dad, take us through a bit of background around Harrison. Yeah, and I suppose we'll want to make sure that everybody understands that not every case study we do has some absolute standout um, gems of information. Uh, but this does have really good information, but it's it's not extreme. Um, and what, what are we trying to... What are we trying to get across here? Well, Harrison, you know, he's in a family business and he can see that that's going to be part of his life for the next 30, 40 years if he continues down this journey. He's told me that. He wants he wants to, you know, start to run his family business. And and so he's got very limited time. That They work long hours. And um, as a 24-year-old, that's a that's a lot to, to, to manage um, when you're young and you've got you know, aspirations to have a reasonable, um, good social life, I suppose, at that age. I can't remember. It's that long ago, George. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, it, it shows the the seriousness side of Harrison um, and wanting to get the most out of himself. And, you know, when he contacted us, it was a referral from one of the mates I used to train with back in the 80s who was a really good triathlete. And he actually taught Harrison uh, as his PE teacher. So it was a a great story of someone really understanding um, what it takes to to get improvement and and the number one thing is he's done so well is his consistency and you know there's a lot of challenges he's had he's, he works you know incredible hours um, and he's only got limited time to train um, you know anything between six and and eight to ten hours a week and so so you want to get the the best bang for your buck and you wouldn't expect there to be drastic improvements with with that amount of time available to train but what he has done well is you know prioritize uh, the sessions and that meant you know uh, getting up early or or training late after work and they're, they're the things he does he, he does all the hard yards um, and doesn't shirk any of those um, you know and you would feel pretty tired after a big day at work and maybe you've been working 10, 12 hour day and then to have to go and train after that or get up, crack a dawn and train before work, you know, it takes a lot of um, self-discipline, I suppose, and and really want to, you know, hone in on that. It's 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 something that, that everybody has going to be challenged by and the people who can get on top of that and be consistent with their training, regardless of the hurdles that are thrown at you, regardless of the roadblocks, and, you know, we say it consistently, there are going to be many and... Um, you know, injury, sickness, um, you know, meetings at work. Um, and if you can still maintain consistency, this guy epitomizes um, getting improvement from from sticking to the task and, and getting the basics right, just just really honing in on that. And, um, and look, one of the things he asked us right at the beginning was, I just want to learn as much as I can so I can be a smarter athlete. 
um, and understand why these sessions are going to help me improve. And and I think I've said that a lot over the journey that if you're more informed, you will be more likely to do the sessions better. Um, so if you understand why this session is going to help you, you know, why we're doing a recovery session, because we want to let our body heal. Um, and so the recruitment of muscles uh, happens after a hard session. So you want to recover. And if you understand that theory of recovery, then you will implement recovery. Um, if you understand that you need to have overload um, to stress the muscles, then you'll be on board with a hard session. Um, so, so they're examples of him just wanting to learn about why the sessions are where they are and when they are. Um, and, and now I think that's the key thing that he's, he's really stuck to that basic task of here's my session. How can I fit it into my weekly program? Um, and you know, oh, we've watched the results come and, and it's, a, and for us, it's just as sensational as someone who's done something absolutely amazing, um, from the previous case studies that we've had but you know truly this is sort of amazing in it's it's really simple um form and look i will say that uh, i want to re re reiterate that first point you made that yeah not every uh, case study has to be this sensationalist um the most exaggerated results which we get a lot of and it's really fun to talk about those and really see some extreme changes from complete beginner to really good results but at the same time um there's no no uh bouncing around the fact that uh, he's had a hundred watt um, FTP improvement, um, a three-minute improvement over 10K and um, a five-minute um, improvement over the swim, which we'll get to those improvements in a second, how they've come about, but they're incredible results. But I think the key we want to make, uh, key point we want to make here is that, um, yeah, this is a pretty straightforward program and a pretty straightforward case study of, um, yeah, a guy who came in and just wanted to, like you said, learn as much as he could, stick to some structure. Um, and it's just a very um, typical type of kind of age group athlete, uh, someone that works long hours, time is limited, and what they can do with a consistent program over the course of a year when they actually stick to it. And like we said, we, we do have some remarkable stories of athletes we coach. Um, and today, this is really, uh, we just want to highlight how this program works um, and the awesome improvement you can get from you know, uh, sticking to something really consistently and trusting the process. And I was listening to a uh, Joe Friel podcast. We love Joe Friel. He was talking to some of his coaches and they were talking about a range of periodization methods that you can use um, with, with age group athletes and studies showing some wildly different types of programs that they could work, you know, really mixing things up with you know, having a super, super high intensity um, and volume week and then having three weeks of lower volume, low intensity after that, that kind of structured training and, and all these different examples of what could work. And um, it was really interesting to listen to. And at the end of the episode, they said to Joe, the godfather um, of triathlon training, uh, what's your conclusion here um, with all these methods? What would you like to say? And he just said, uh, if you're an age grouper, I'd probably recommend not doing any of those methods and <laughs> just keeping it simple and sticking to structure, finding what works within your time, time limits and, and ranges um, and do it consistently and just stick to the basic principles. And I think this is a great example, this case study of that, and you don't always have to overcomplicate it. Yeah, it's a good story, actually. And look, one of the things that Harrison's done well is, you know, he didn't have any idea of what to do and when to do it in his in his previous training. And that's the thing he's been, you know, he tells us he's very grateful for because now he knows that he's got the right training session in the right balance of rest recovery. Um, that's that, That's enabled him to see completely different results from where he was just kind of training too hard all the time and not really having any sort of structure with, that made sense. And now he really has learnt a lot about, um, you know, managing himself uh, on day-to-day -day basis at work and, and 
fatigue levels and food and nutrition and recovery and then being able to train really well when it counts and and watched himself improve with seemingly with you know less effort almost um it, sure we still train with intensity and and we have to focus and, and there's, there's some hard days there but but you know we previously it was all hard and mm. yet he wasn't getting the, the improvement that he was looking for yeah, and I think that's the big key is that uh, in his when his goals when he first signed up with us we make all the all our athletes kind of write in their short term and long term goals and one of his short term goals was I just don't want to waste any sessions you know I just want to be able to turn up each day and just know that I've got a session designed for me that's actually going to keep the needle moving forward just going to help me keep improving and he kind of felt like he was wasting a lot of sessions because he was just turning up and doing whatever on the day and yeah I guess those were his big challenges that we had to overcome and um, you know the goals of the program were to stick to what he could fit in his week uh, and he started with a lot lower volume if you look back at the start of his program he's probably doing seven to eight hour kind of training weeks um just as he got used to the training and then now he's able to average somewhere between nine ten eleven hours of training a week depending on the week sometimes it does go a bit higher if he's got a little bit more time and sometimes a little bit lower with deload weeks etc and has to be said that he does work saturday sometimes so that makes the endurance stuff hard on there so these are all challenges that you have to overcome and um yeah that combined with you didn't have as much structure and he needed guidance around what to do each day. And as we start implementing that and start implementing the core principles of our program, you know, getting the right type of high intensity sessions, getting the VO2 max sessions in where they're needed. And this year he was aiming, I mean, at the end of last year, he was aiming for Melbourne 70.3. So as you get closer to that, it's more race-based kind of sessions that you can introduce. And he was able to cope with that uh, because he'd done, you know, he started December, 2022. By the time it came to you know July-ish, August, September, 2023, he was able to really do some, good race pace bike sessions with some you know five kilometer or, or progressively faster runs off the bike at, at race pace so yeah that was some of the over- challenges he had to overcome and that consistency by the end of last year his results were just a world away from where he started yeah and uh i think we should go into some of those results but it, the you know the the actual understanding of how to implement those race ready training sessions with you know race specific training sessions we've talked about in a lot of our podcasting and he got first-hand experience at that and it's all very well hearing someone talk about that but actually going out and putting that into your into your session and you get a clear understanding of oh crap I can't actually hold what I think I can hold as power or pace um, on the bike or running or or geez I, I now I'm able to do that after three or four weeks of doing these sessions I actually can now get closer to what I my aspirations were for for what I think I could do and and you know like the example I would use is you know when he first started he did a sprint race which was you know 20k ride and and a 5k run and you know that was I think March 2023 and by the time he got to November 2023 which is literally was that six half a year later yeah, he, eight months later. He yeah. was riding, you know, a lot faster speed um, than he was in a sprint race. Like, you know, his, I think his average speed was 34.9, 34. something. And yeah. come the, the 90K, he was able to average 35.4. Um, yeah. That's just mind-blowing that you could, you know, you could actually be faster over 90K than you are over 20. Um, that's just with six months worth of training. That's probably the key point. Is So if we look at his first FTP test, his starting FTP was 171 watts, and then his FTP in December last year was 276. That's 105 watt FTP improvement. So that's pretty monstrous. But we do want to make a really big asterisk here that 
um, his first FTP test, you'd probably put down to a little bit of lack of experience and uh, execution because only uh, four to six weeks later, he did another one and he was able to hold 220 watts. So he's already, you know, that's a 50 watt improvement from test to test. But that highlights a really good point is that one, we're not trying to just say some sensationalist FTP improvement, even though that, that has, has been his improvement. Um, but he, by his second test, just by learning execution and how to execute a test and how to execute over 20 minutes, he found massive gains just from a bit of practice. And so you can just think that even if you don't do any training, if you just were able to do two FTP tests and practice that execution before a race, think about the gains you could find there. So realistically, um, from you know Jan, Feb to November, the watt increase has been another 56 watts or 57 watts, which is still massive. Uh, but we do really want to make that, that point. And then what does that actually mean on race day? Well, as you said, in March, he rode 34.9 kilometers for a 20 kilometer race. And then November, like you said, he's faster, not, not crazy faster, 35.4, um, but it's over 90 kilometers, you know, almost five times the distance and he's riding faster. So that just shows what that actual improvement means. Yeah. And if we dig a bit deeper, which is what we always do, you, you'll find that his power was actually lower in the 90k time trial than it was in the 20k time trial. And that shows again, um, execution on the course, when to ride harder, when to ride softer to get a faster speed. And other things that would help that would be getting a bike fit and getting more aero. Um, you know, these are all key things that contribute to, you know, we want to ride our bikes faster. That's the goal. You know, how fast can you ride from A to B? And what things can you do to enable you to be a 33k an hour rider to a 34 to a 35 or 36k an hour rider? That's that's what we're after and anything you can do and all the things we talk about in the podcast are all contributing to this. Of course, the training has been the key number one thing, but uh, execution, as you just said, contributes a lot. And then the setup you have that, you know, so all these things combined are enabling each one of our athletes and Harrison's a standout at this where he, he can actually ride faster speed for less power. Yeah, it's another reminder that although we base all our training around power and our execution around power, um, the faster speed is, is the goal. So power is just a means to get that that faster speed. So going through his other results, uh, his first five kilometer run time trial was 4.15 pace. Um, and then his latest 10 kilometer time trial was 3.51 pace. So he's 25 seconds faster per kilometer for double the distance. So that is just a, a massive improvement. So what does that mean? Well, over 10K, that's a three minute improvement, you know, and over a 70.3, that would add up to a six minute improvement. And we can't actually compare that because he didn't do a 70.3 half, half marathon at the start. Um, but if you just add it, if you, you know, ran 4.15 pace um, for a half marathon compared to 3.51, yeah, that's, a, that's a monster improvement. That's a that's big gains in a race time. And then same thing with the swim. His first time trial was 2.06 pace and he's now down to 149. And so, again, if you if you equate that per 100 over a half Ironman, over a 1,900-meter swim, that ends up being a five-minute improvement. So, um, yeah, just awesome results to see. And I guess we just want to kind of conclude about how you know straightforward it seems, um, but some pretty awesome results. Yeah, and, you know, everybody who listens to our um, case studies is obviously wanting to know the improvement. That's important. But the question is, how? How does that happen? And we're trying to give that information as we're talking through the case studies. And I just gave an example there of on the bike, you know, doing certain things really well in training. And 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 But one of the, the key things is that, you know, you've got to have the mindset that it's not going to happen in a minute or, or a week or a month or six months. You, if, if you've got the idea and the attitude that uh, this could take two years or, or three years and, you know, Harrison's only 24, he's, 
he's got literally another 30 years if he wanted to uh, in the sport and and learning as much as you can early on and then trying to practice that is going to take time to get the get to where you want to go and and there's no ceiling for anybody that uh, that's out there or that we coach um, but we still want to be pushing that ceiling higher and higher and and you know I, I continually have uh, race analysis discussions with people and say to them at the end of the, at the end of the day you know f- dig into your race tactics on the day and find areas where where you're you know maybe not performing as well and I just got on the phone this afternoon to someone and and uh, you know we're talking about their 40k Olympic distance time trial on the bike and I was pointing out that he, he spent 20% of his time at least 60 watts higher than he averaged for the ride and then he averaged 25% of the time 50% lower than he averaged for the average power for the ride. Well, that's that's over 50% too low or too high. And so therefore, those pieces of information, they're the things that are going to get you to improve as an athlete without changing your fitness level just by, you know, not spiking and not riding softly, just riding in the right zones. And, and so, you know, being in it for the long term, you'll learn all these things and it takes practice. That's what I'm trying to say here. It, it, you just can't do that in a race unless you've actually practiced it and shown yourself that, okay, I've got no time in zone one and two and I'm, I'm doing an Olympic race and no time in zone five and six. All my time is in zone three and four. And so once you can master that, then you will start to see improvements. And this is some of the stuff that, um, that Harrison's already started to pick up on and, and doing well. Yeah, I think we've used the, the term like straightforward or um, uh, simple a couple of times in this episode. And what does that actually mean? Well, I just think it means that over the course of over a year now, he really just stuck to the basics and he did them really well for a year straight. And that's actually quite hard to do. It's it's simple. It's simple method, but it's hard to execute. And that's kind of the secret sauce. It's where it's, yeah, if you can do it for a year straight, relatively consistently, everyone's going to have some interruptions. That's basically what he did. You know, he's, he's done really consistent endurance rides and runs. He's done really consistent high intensity sessions midweek. He's done really consistent runs off the bike. He's done really consistent swim sessions. So mixing up between you know, high intensity swim sessions and endurance based swim sessions. So yeah, I think, um, my conclusion for Harrison is that uh, I got to meet him in person recently, uh, which is always awesome. And uh, he was just chatting about um, the lessons he's learned from Trivelo. And uh, one thing he kind of said a couple of times was he just loves, um, you know, trusting the process and just trusting what we have to say and not trying to overcomplicate it, not trying to do too much. Uh, he said that, you know, he was really, he's really motivated in periods to try and train more and try and overdo it. And he knows that that's just um, almost counterproductive right now for where he's at, especially early in his journey. And like you said, he knows he's in it for the long haul and he can he can get to a point where he can start you know, really increasing the volume. That's another option, but not to overcomplicate it right now. Just stick to the program, stick to what's working and the results are, are outstanding because of it. Yeah, but I suppose my final word would be that, you know, he is having the right mindset of, I'm in this for a long time. Um, I want to learn as much as I can. And the the improvement takes time and and that's what he's he's sort of opened himself up for knowing that if he keeps the dedication that he's got and the mindset that this is a journey I'm on um, I will continue to improve as an athlete and and that's the thing I love about his his attitude is really going to hold him in good stead to get the improvement that he's looking for 
That's it for another case study episode. Thanks very much for listening. Join us next week for our normal Get Fast podcast episode and another case study. Cheers. Cheers.